Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 12 and 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. And it shall be... When your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. To have been there in Egypt that night, Among the Israelites, when they all bowed their heads and worshiped together, that must have been some of the best worship that's ever been done on planet earth. 400 years of bondage, and now they're going to get out, and God gave them a covering, and they worshiped. Could you imagine being there for that one? I just can't imagine the passion in their worship that time. I I bet it was overwhelming. So I just try to imagine it, and, and to think that that's nothing like the worship we're going to do once we get called home. You follow the Lord Jesus and you will experience this. It's going to be a great time. And so Moses gave the elders instructions for the Passover, just how God instructed them. The blood was to be placed on the door frames and applied with hyssop. There's a picture of the hyssop plant right there. It was kind of used as a a paintbrush that they used to, to paint it around. And so you'll see that hyssop is often used in Israel's rites of purification in Leviticus and Numbers. You'll see it mentioned about hyssop a lot. Now, something interesting here. Moses mentions in verse 23, he mentions the destroyer. The destroyer. The Lord, he says, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Who is doing the striking here? Who's striking? God's doing it. God is doing the striking. The Lord is, we see that in verse 23, the Lord will strike the Egyptians. And so it's not for us to think that this destroyer is Satan, 
because that's kind of your first knee-jerk reaction. The destroyer would be Satan. That's not who this is. Because the Lord and the destroyer are both striking the Egyptians together in agreement. And so God's people were told to be sure to observe the Passover. It's kind of like, it's on you if you don't. Likewise, repentance and making Jesus your Lord, that's, kind of, that's on you. you know, I, can, I can warn you till I'm blue in the face, but it's on you. He's telling them, observe the Passover. Also to observe it in the land that God had promised to give them, they were to teach its meaning to the children so that when they say, hey, what's the service? What is this that we're doing? They'll say, this is the Passover because the Lord passed over us and delivered us out of Egypt. And so now Exodus 12 and 29, the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. You know, as much as I cannot imagine the greatness of the worship of the Israelites that I just spoke about, likewise, I can't imagine the sound of the terror of the Egyptians that night. That had to be absolutely terrible to think a whole nation. Imagine like all these houses and all these people all the way around us. Everybody and er someone in every house just got killed. You could hear it. And Pharaoh got up in the night and everybody got up in the night because it was so noisy, the, the terror, that it woke everybody up. You know, we today, we stay up way past midnight because we got our gadgets and our electricity and all that. When I was uh, hanging out with the Kuna Indians off the coast of Panama, when the sun went down, you went to bed. <laughs> Because you can't see. You can't, you can't walk around and go anywhere. You have to go in your hut, and that's it. So the people, they were in bed as soon as the, the sun went down. So it's not like they were still up at midnight. It was the sheer terror of the sound of everyone dying that got everybody up. Great cry from Egypt as God destroyed the favored sons of every family, from royalty all the way to prisoners. Now this part of the story... Again, this is the one real true God. This part of the story here represents the fury of God against sinners. Well, wait a minute. I'm a sinner. Is God mad at me? If you don't have the blood of Jesus over you, yeah. Got to get under the blood of Christ. But while Egypt is going through judgment, Israel is about to be released with blessing. God had said back in Exodus 3.19 that a mighty hand won't compel Pharaoh to let him go, but by his own hand. Pharaoh's going to release them. And so now God's mighty hand is on Pharaoh, who is up in the night because his own son has just died. Exodus 12 and 31. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go. Serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead. So God told Moses twice that Pharaoh would eventually get to the point of letting Israel go. Exodus 3.20 and Exodus 6.1 both record this. Pharaoh's going to tell you to get out. And so here we are, just as God said it would happen, it's finally happening. Pharaoh's telling him to get out. He told him to leave. But this time he said for them to leave with everything they had. Take everything that's yours and go. Get out of here. Now, Pharaoh, who had always considered himself to be a god, he is now, what would you call it? He's gotten to a, a, a humbling place because he asked Moses and Aaron to bless him. Imagine that, a man who thought he was king and a god, finally saying, bless me too. What a change, but it wasn't a full repentance, right? 
He wanted to be under God's blessing, not the curse of the plagues. And the people wanted the Israelites gone too because they were afraid they would die if Israel didn't get out. Get out of here, Israel. If you don't leave, we're all going to die. So go, get out of here. You know, hey, this, this demonstrates that when God wants to do something, He's going to do it. And He said, I'm going to get Israel out of here. And He said, the Egyptians are going to tell you to go. Pharaoh's going to tell you to go. We went through nine plagues, they wouldn't do it, and now they are. When God says He's going to do something, He's going to do it. It's always best to be in God's will, with God's will, than against it. For those of you who think you're the greatest thing to ever walk the earth, and I know what that feels like because I used to be that. (laughs) When I was 21, I was king of the universe. I was indestructible. I could do anything I wanted, and I was awesome, okay? (laughs) See, some of y'all going... (laughs) thinking you were there too. (laughs) God says when he wants to do something, he's going to do it. And when God wants to humble you, he's going to do it. I don't care how awesome you think you are, right? Just take a look at what God did to Pharaoh. God opposes the proud, but gives what? Grace to the humble. Some of y'all know that. Great. Exodus 12 and 34. So the people took their dough before it was leavened. See, they are getting out in a hurry. So the people took their dough before it was leavened having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Remember, the Lord told them He was going to make things go down quick. He said it's going to go down fast. And here they are. They're in a hurry. They didn't have time to let the bread rise, so they took unleavened bread dough. Now the plagues, they, which proved God's power, disposed the Egyptians favorably towards the Israelites that they were willing to do anything they could to make their departure happen faster. The Egyptians were like, we will do anything we can to get you out of here before it kills us. So they said, give us some articles of silver and gold. Okay, here, take it, take it, take it, take it, get out. God said they were going to do this, right? This fulfilled God's promise that he said to Abraham way back in Genesis 15 and 13. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. And here it is. They're coming out with great possessions, just like God said was going to happen. The promise being fulfilled, plundering them, without resistance, mind you. When I think of plundering, I think of a fight. This was plundering with no problem. Take it. Go. It's almost like getting compensation for 400 years of bondage. When God makes a promise, does He not deliver it? And Plus, I want to let you know that if you will submit yourself to Jesus as Lord, and He says you do that, I'll save you. Trust me. When God says it, He promises it. He can do it and He will. Exodus 12 and 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. A mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds a great deal of livestock. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt. For it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel 
who lived in Egypt, was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. Now, a little over 600,000 Israelite men, but if you include women and children, the number of Israelites, because it only numbered the men, if you add the women and children, the number could have come around very well easily to about 2 million people. 2 million. Along with them were non-Israelites of an unknown number. So there's people who weren't Israelites that went out with them. So later on in the, in the wilderness, we're going to see that they caused the Israelites to complain against Moses. But right now, they're heading out together with them as well. And so Moses concluded this section about in the Exodus with a historical reminder of God's faithfulness by saying that the length of Israel's time in Egypt was 430 years. Now, I believe that Moses authored this reminder here because it should be remembered. This is something that should be remembered. In fact, in many books of the Bible later on, we'll see that we're reminded again because God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. He reminds them again and again, I brought you out of Egypt. This was an event to be remembered for all time. Exodus 12 and 43. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. You know, I'm not Jewish as I said. As a Gentile, reading this right here. I love knowing that when I come to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, then I am grafted into the Jewish people. For those of you who are Jewish, it is a blessing to partake of Passover. You're Jewish, you get to partake of Passover. Passover. But for Gentiles like me, we are blessed that we can join in. As it says in verse 48, check this out. This is cool. Verse 48, when a stranger, that's, not, that's, that's me, the Gentile, right? When a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it and he shall keep it as a native of the land. Like a Jewish person, like an Israelite. How cool. I am circumcised of the heart because Jesus is my Lord. And so I'm blessed with being able to partake of the Passover. I went to my first Passover Seder and I was surrounded by Jewish people. They had yarmulkes on and I didn't. I felt different, okay? It's like, I felt like I'm intruding upon them. Like, I'm really not supposed to be here. Like, I'm just kind of 
running into their house and like messing things up, you know. <laughs> I'm just being honest. That's how I felt. I didn't understand this. In Jesus, circumcised the heart, you can partake of Passover like a native. And I'm like, wow, this is for me too. See, God didn't call some and then leave the rest of you out. We all get grafted in. It's all one big family. It's really nice. It's, it's, it's a blessing. By the way, holy means set apart. It, it's, me, it's supposed to be set apart and kept to itself. For us to take something as holy as the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then mix it up with bunnies and eggs, it's just a thing we shouldn't do. But it's our culture telling us to do that. We should not be spotted by the world. It's about the Lamb of God and the resurrection so that we can be saved. If we're going to keep it holy, then let's keep it holy. Set apart. Don't mix up with the world. Stay in the truth. The truth. Jesus died for us to have eternal life. We are not to bring myth into it. God took this seriously and so should we. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Again, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Our Passover lamb. And the Israelites ate unleavened bread during Passover. Unleavened bread, bread without yeast. It's because they were in a hurry and didn't have time for the baking to rise. But in the Bible, leaven or yeast always indicates sin. 1 Corinthians says a little bit of leaven, a little bit of sin makes its way through the entire lump of dough. You got that dough, you're working for bread. A little bit gets in there, goes through the whole thing. We want to keep this congregation clean and pure. We want you to live a life of blessing in God. So go home and get the leaven out of your house. Get the leaven, get the sin out of your life so that you can come in here and worship and study God's Word in its purity and its holiness. And you can affect other people in good and encouraging ways because your sin will rub off. Guess what? So will the righteousness of Jesus too. It'll rub off as well. And so the sin of leaven will spread in a person. Then it will spread in a church. And then it will spread into a nation. And that's what we have out there today. Leaven all through our country. I love America. And the only way that this country is going to come back to anything is through repentance. It ain't going to be no elected official can pull it off. We must repent of our sin because sin is exactly why Jesus died on the cross as our Passover lamb in the first place. So repent. Don't let leaven work its way through your lump of dough. 1 Corinthians 5.7 Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. The lamb that the Israelites used for Passover had no blemish, no defect. It was a spotless lamb. It had no error to it. James 1 tells us to be unspotted from the world like the spotless lamb without blemish. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so the Israelites that put the lamb's blood on their doorposts so that when the Lord saw the blood, He would pass over them and not strike them with judgment. Again, with Jesus as our Passover lamb, you need the blood of Jesus on you. You need the blood of Jesus on the doorposts of your heart so that when God's wrathful judgment comes upon all sinners who have violated His law, and that's all of us, I violated God's law, but when His judgment comes... 
If you have the blood of Jesus on you, He will see it, and then He will pass over you, and He will not allow the destroyer to strike you, just like He did with the Israelites on Passover night. 1 Peter 1.18 says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. There's our Passover lamb again. We've been redeemed. That means we've been bought back unto God. You're not your own. You've been paid for. Somebody bought you. Jesus Christ bought you. This is why Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Because He's the only spotless Lamb that could die for all the sins of the world. Don't let any politically correct, worldly thinker tell you that all roads lead to heaven. They don't. God gave Israel only one way to be saved from the destroyer. Only by the blood of a spotless Lamb on their doorpost so that He would pass over them and not strike them. And the same goes for us today. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can save you from destruction and cause the judgment of God's wrath to pass over you. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Only Jesus is our Passover lamb. But not everybody has the blood of Jesus on them. Not everybody has the blood on their doorposts. Some of you here today might be concerned about yourselves. You might be thinking, I'm not sure if I have the blood on my doorposts or not. I'm afraid that if the Lord's destroyer comes, He will strike me for being a sinner. If you're thinking like that, then I have good news for you. You can choose to make Jesus your Lord, your boss, tonight, today, right where you sit, and then you will have the blood of Jesus on you, God's free gift of eternal life. But you can't have the blood of Jesus on you if you refuse to repent of your sins. Pharaoh would not repent. Plague after plague after plague after plague came, and he still would not repent. And then a plague came without warning, and then it was too late. While you have time now, now's a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. Make Him your Lord. Get the blood of Christ on you. Get right with Jesus. Repent. Let Jesus be your Lord. Every single day, tens of thousands of people step over the line into eternity. And most of them had no idea that today was their turn. Israel was held slave in Egypt. God sent them a deliverer, Moses, to lead them out to the promised land. We are slave here on this earth. But God also sent us a deliverer to lead us to the promised land of eternal life. And that deliverer is Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Caroline, Texas 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.